Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com. At Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on a beautiful, it's a Thursday, beautiful Thursday morning. Sunny. Sunny, blue skies, crisp fall weather, I would say. I'm working on trying to get my voice a little lower. That's what I want to do. Oh, how low can you go? I want to go low. I, you know, I, the, the reason Did you I re- sing baritone, um, actually I sang bass, mm. but I really like those guys. What's lower baritone or bass? Basses. Oh, okay. Um, but I really like those guys that can sing clearly and real low. Yeah. They, there was they a guy that intrigued used, me. used to, or used to, or still does for the, uh, oh, the, the gospel singers, but, uh, Gaither, the Gaither. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh man, he went low. Yeah, I like I like listening to those guys. Yeah, those, it's uh, impressive. Yeah. It's like man, if you it can, like rattles your chest as they sing. It's like wow, that's yeah. impressive. If you can be clear and get low, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and of course, I grew up not knowing my voice was low, because when you listen to your own voice, you don't realize where it is. It just is your voice, so mm-hmm. you don't even know what it sounds like. Yeah. So if you ever meet me and you tell me, oh, you have that voice, like I know that. I know. I know that. <laughs> Do you get that a lot? I do. It's the only voice I have. <laughs> what do they say? They say, oh, you have a low voice. It's like, yeah, you knew you heard it before I caught you. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Yes, I do. Anyway, it, that's neither here nor there. Um, I think you get what you get in life. And, and I enjoy actually doing um, the program we call Nighttime, which is trying to put people to sleep. So if you want to learn how to go to sleep, go to the Nighttime and program That's you can right. get it at relate365.com yeah .com. how come you get to say it all and i don't because you you don't have the low voice oh. you got to have a, a, another octave down well you kept that all the same octave when you said relate 365 i know i was trying to be nice to people and not play That's with right. the tone. the moral of the story is if you want to check out dave's bassy voice yeah go he ahead. really puts it on highlight yeah in the, the nighttime series you realize does. too if you're hard of hearing those low voices are good for you Really? You can hear them better. When I taught fifth grade, I had all of the hearing impaired children in my classes. Because they heard you better. Yeah, they finally told me why. It it wasn't because I was such a brilliant teacher. (laughs) How long did you think that? Yeah, well, right away it's like, (laughs) oh, they're picking me for this. This is great. No, it was because I had a low voice, and some of them could actually hear some of the things I was saying. Yeah. Because they were hearing impaired, not all of them were, you know, completely deaf, so... Um, I really, you know, developed great relationships with the hearing impaired kids through, yeah. through the years because, they again, they, they read lips, they could hear you a little bit, and it was fun, you know, to be a part of that. But here, the challenge of the day isn't uh, how deep somebody's voice is. The challenge of the day for me right now is how do we raise honorable people in the United States of America when it seems like our government is totally unethical and totally broken? Hmm. And then how do we even talk about it because I do not want to be disrespectful in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So those of us that are believers that want to talk about the, the unethical behavior in Washington, D.C., you know, sometimes they're stifled and told, you just need to be respectful and cooperative. Mm-hmm. And that's a fancy way of saying shut up. You know, don't say anything. Well, I don't think that's the answer. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look in the Bible... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they disagreed, and we've talked about this, but they disagreed with the king. They were respectful. Daniel, respectful. Uh, Stephen, he went to his grave getting stoned. He was respectful. He didn't lash out at the people. He said what God wanted him to, and he 
He died. Jesus on the cross. Uh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was even respectful to people that were wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the question I have and the question I think that needs to be discussed is how do we as, as parents, grandparents um, live in a way that teaches our children to be respectful, but also teaches them that there are people that are absolutely wrong in what they're saying and what they're doing because it seems, again, that if you call somebody wrong, you get in a fight. Hmm. But, but that's not the goal. Right. And I do know it's hard for somebody to fight if you're not fighting. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make them look good when they beat somebody who doesn't fight back. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus, when he hung on the cross and said, you know, Father, forgive him, of course that was genius yeah. because he's God. Mm-hmm. But looking at your children, I mean, they're growing up at a time where I honestly, my honest gut opinion is that most uh, politicians in Washington, D.C. are corrupt. Mm. I honestly believe that they lie to us on a regular basis. When I speak, I ask often a survey, I used to, how many people in this room trust the people who represent them in Washington, trust the politician? I had one hand in all of the years doing it that raised. Mm. So nobody trusts them. Right. And yet we are entrusting our nation to them. Yeah. So I'm looking at you now. You're raising children. They're going to be in the United States of America, you know, get Lord willing for many years beyond you even. How do we train them to be positive parts of culture? How do we train them to have respect yet also have, uh, standards and a backbone, a spine to stand up to what's wrong, but do it in a proper way. That's a big yeah, task. That's so a big task. What, what, what do you do? Yeah. You know, I think it, it, just, it starts at just the little things and showing the value of honesty and loyalty. You know, I think it comes, it comes down to that because I think those are things that are, that are becoming more and more laissez-faire maybe, you know, or you just can't, you don't see it as much. But I think it's still, I think at the core of that, though, I think, I think people in general, when you come across a truly honest person, notices it, you know, because I feel like when you're truly honest, there's a genuineness that's there. And, and I think that, that, that goes a long way because that's, you lead well when you're honest because you're really thinking about what's best for all people, in my mind. I mean, I'm... I mean, I suppose you could be honest and have bad motives and just be honest about it, but then at least people know that, and so yep. then they're, they're not going to trust you yep. in that sense. But if you're truly being honest, I think, I think it goes a long way because you think of even just in general, you know, what do they tell you when you're going for a job, you know, to, to have integrity, to be honest, to work hard, um, and, you'll, and you'll go far. And, and those are the things that they used to teach. And I say used to teach because now the culture has moved away from that, as we've been talking about, because... You know, people think that they have to be dishonest or, you know, work the system in order to, to get around and, and, and succeed in life. Yeah. You know, as I look at it, I think, you know, the problem that we have in the year 2020, 2021 in the United States of America is there because we've laid a good foundation for the problem to exist. Yeah. Um, here, a story, whether I, I don't know if it's relevant or not, or I don't even know if it's right or not, but I, I read a book on Lyme disease 
Okay. Okay. Lyme disease is something that is a tick-borne illness that people get uh, no matter where you are in the world. If you're out in the woods and you get a tick, uh, you can get Lyme disease. It's a very interesting book. It's a very interesting uh, case study by a doctor who was tired of the Lyme disease that was getting them. And basically, I'll give you the, the short of it is the, the real thing you need to do to defeat Lyme disease, according to him, mm-hmm. is, is create an environment in your body and your system that, the, that they don't thrive in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You got to create an environment that the, the Lyme spirochete, I think they're called, they're little spiral things that you got to create an environment that they don't like. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, you minimize what they can do to you. Yeah. The problem is that most people don't do that. And what, what has happened, according to this doctor, and I'm not verifying this, by the way, I, I'm just saying, I read the book. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. But, but he said, basically, the idea is that you, you get bit by a tick, you get that little bullseye thing on you, so you go to the doctor and they give you all these antibiotics. Antibiotics don't really kill this thing. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, shooting something, you know, in, with a cannon or something and trying to hope it's, it, you got it all. It, it doesn't get it all. And it goes and hides. It's really adept at hiding. Mm-hmm. And, and so the antibiotics don't do it. Yeah. Um, possibly they might work once in a while, but most of the time it, you got to have a really heavy dose and it tells you why, I guess this thing leaves the normal bloodstream and, and it's spiral thing. It goes into cells and hides and it's very adapt to getting away from things that would kill it. Right. Again, he went on and said, you know, the thing you want to learn, how do you set your body up for a healthy environment where this thing doesn't like to be there? Yeah. That's all. I kept thinking of the spiritual ramifications of that. How do, you, how do you set up a family and a nation where the environment does not allow lies and cheating? And, and how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Because that's the answer. It isn't to just say, quit lying. Yeah. What's happening is somehow a nation has become acceptable and the environment works for lies and cheating and that kind of thing. So. As long as the environment's there, mm-hmm. we can't eradicate it. Right. So how do we get to, I mean, some people would say free press should do that. Well, how has that worked? It's not. Right. Because it, it's really hard for anybody to be totally free press, mm-hmm. especially if there's some agenda in it. Right. You know, I think some of the news, I, I haven't watched news in a long time, so I have to confess that. I, um, I can't handle all the ads that go with the news. But you still read news. I read news, but I don't watch it on right. television. Yeah. And really, I, I even asked an executive of, of one of the major stations that I watch who is a, a believer, and I asked him, why do you play those ads when they're totally opposite? One of them has to be lying. Yeah. I mean, the, the ads, one right after the other political ads, one of them has to be lying in their children watching this who are now getting, you know, inundated with the idea that it doesn't really matter what you say. Yeah. And he said, well, because there's laws that we have to play them. I think so these guys created the laws that yeah. you had to play them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No. So I'm thinking, okay, my first call to the nation to straighten this out I think that media 
does not need to play every ad that comes to him. And you, as an individual, don't need to watch any media if you don't want. You right. don't need that input. Yeah. You can choose to read news. You can choose your sources. I think one thing a family should be able to do is say, we're going to limit the inputs of things that are obviously out there that are lying. And again, these ads, one of them, I'm not saying which one, but one of them had to be lying because they were po polar opposite. Mm -hmm. And they were saying things that were totally different. And they were one right after the other. There's no way both of them could be right. Mm -hmm. So why am I going to allow my kids and my family to listen to that garbage? Yeah. And if that's what's funding the television, I'm done. Right. You know, I think people are seeing that in sports, seeing it in all over. I, I just think that many people in our nation are saying, I don't want the inputs anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. Uh, not that people in sports can't have opinions about things. They could have all the opinions they want. I just don't want it forced down my family's throat, so I'm not watching it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's interesting. So as a nation, I understand. I mean, I said what I feel. I think there's, you know, lack of integrity. I think there's people working the system. Yeah. Uh, yet I want to be respectful and healthy. Mm -hmm. I want your kids to grow up in a way where they're respectful and yeah. healthy. How do we start that on a family level? You're, you're a family man. Yeah. How do you get your kids to disagree with people in a respectful way, to know what's right? And how do you, where is the balance? Do you, do you never let them watch news and see what's going on? Or do you watch it and talk through it? I mean, where, where's yeah. the line? Well, I mean, my boys are kind of young. They wouldn't really be interested in news yet. Okay. I mean, unless there was like Paw Patrol. So let's say they like are in the in the future. Yeah, I, I think it'd be healthy even to start off, you know, watching it, but then talking about it and engaging with like, all right, what is it here? You know, we just had a, another episode that we got just done talking. You can head over to relate365.com to check it out. Um, but we had talked about the concept of being able to disagree with somebody, um, but still get along, you know? And I think we have to, at the core, realize that, that as believers, there is truth and there is absolute truth. Um, and if somebody lives not according to um, the Bible, they're not going to align with that truth. They're right. going to think other things are true that aren't, you know. Um, and, and so you're going to have disagreements on that. And so that's at the core of it. And, and, and that's where the understanding needs to go is that somebody could say something, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's true, you know. Um, just like something basic that's been around for, for decades now is evolution. Right. And you have creation and evolution. And you have people on both sides that believe one is true um, based on whatever their worldview is. And so I think it comes down to as we, as we engage in culture and look at, at, at that, it's really going back to understanding um, and laying the foundation of what our worldview is. How do we look at, through, at the world through the lens of I'm a Jesus follower and, and what does that mean? Yeah. You know, I think it's important as you were talking as an old teacher that w one of the things that has to happen is that your children need to hear you say, I disagree with this person. Yeah. What, what that does is it says, I acknowledge what they've said. Mm -hmm. I understand what they've said. Yeah. I disagree with them. Here's why. Yeah. What they're learning then is that there's another worldview out there like you talked about. Right. 
what happens a lot of times is we don't take the time to do that so our kids grow up and then they hear the other side Mm -hmm. and they think i was never told about this other side right there's people who disagree with my parents what if they're right Mm -hmm. you want that discussion while they're under the roof of your home in other words you want okay why why would you call a what is abortion and why would you want why is it wrong Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you want to be able to say why you think it's wrong. Right. And, and they need to understand that other people disagree with you mm-hmm. and see how you respectfully treat them. Years ago, I, I realized that there are, you know, it's too easy to just throw criticism around. Yeah. But criticism is necessary. Mm-hmm. So here's the only differentiation I came up with is this. There's destructive criticism and there's constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Destructive criticism is, uh, that guy's a bum. Don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That, I, I, we don't think that way. But you haven't given your children any reason for what you think mm-hmm. at this point. You've just called other people names. Yeah. So as they get older, when somebody disagrees with them, what are they going to do? Do the same thing. Exactly. So it's, it's going to look like a mess. Yeah. So as, as we as a nation see people that are rude to each other and angry with each other, they learn that behavior. Mm-hmm. And if you have young children at home now, don't do that. The constructive criticism is totally different. Constructive criticism is, uh, let's say, use the evolution illustration that you gave. Somebody says, you know, this rock came from 400 gazillion years ago and it evolved into a, a dinosaur. You know, and, and you sit there and you think, oh, my kid just heard that. Yeah. You know, I, now what I want to do is say, you know, there's some people who, who don't know God mm-hmm. that basically think the earth just kind of came into existence all on its own. Right. And then I would do what I normally do with a kid. I would take a pen and ask them, did this pen come? Did this pen, you think, you think anyone made this? So I would give them on their own level something. Right. Not, not a bazillion-year-old rock. I would, I would talk about something they were holding, something they were wearing, and just ask them, how seriously could you tell somebody and use your own words for it, but that your shirt just happened to fall together and you happened to find it and put it on? Right. I mean, would that happen? No. You know, and I even remember as a kid when somebody explaining to me that they had a, a watch that they took apart and put in inside of a little box, you know, and while they were talking about the concept, they'd pass it around to everybody and said, keep shaking it, you know, and so they passed it around the room and they kept shaking it. And he's like, how long do you guys think it'll take for that watch to come together in the box? Right. And that's, that's the stuff you want to do. That's, you know. That, to me, is constructive criticism. Yeah. It's too easy to look at somebody who said something and say, hey, that guy's a bum. Right. You know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, then, and, and if you look at Washington, D.C., that, that's really what we've become. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ads that they played for the last political season, they're embarrassing. Right. For me, right. as a human. It's like, I really don't want to hear all the negative that you have about another person. Mm-hmm. What I would love to hear is why are you qualified to do the job and what do you plan on doing while you're there? Right. That's all I want to know. I don't want you to tell me about why the other guy isn't qualified. Yeah. And if he would tell me what he wanted to do or she and, and you tell me what you want to do, and then I can intellectually decide. But what you're trying to do is play with my emotions. Mm-hmm. And get me to think that there's no possible way. Same with the poll numbers. I mean, what, what's with those things? Yeah. So what, you ask random people. What know. do they mean? Right. It doesn't mean anything. You know. Why do they do them? 
Does get... anyone have accurate ones? I doubt it. You know, maybe they're in the same union as the weathermen. Mm. You ever think of that? There you go. Because how often is the weatherman right? You know, I mean, <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But and normal people, do you think that because Washington, D.C. insiders kind of travel in their own circles, they just kind of believe their own world and their own lives? Do they talk to guys like you and me who live in the woods? We, we have different lives. We think differently. We live in the Midwest. Right. I, I, have you ever been polled? No. Me neither. So those poll numbers have never reflected me. Well, and even that, who says I'm going to answer? Well, I wouldn't either, but <laughs> hence we're not polled. I That's mean, right. that, that could be we only poll people that want to be polled and want to be heard. But the bottom line really is if you're going to hang out with people who basically are uh, lobbyists, who are trying to manipulate all well, the time. Step back. You okay. said lobbyists. Yeah. That's another thing about our quote unquote system. Yeah. So there's a profession called a lobbyist. Yep. And your role is to pay people to change their opinion? Is that oversimplifying it? How about using the word bribery? Bribery? Yeah. That, is that, that oversimplifying I understand it? what that means. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like it's an actual profession that's accepted. Right. In Washington. Right. And you know what's even weirder about it? It's like learning a new language, I understand. It, because you want to stay legal, you don't really say what you're going to say, but everyone knows what you just said. Right. So, for example, if, if I came to you and you were a, a senator or something, and I would say, Senator, we need this, um, you know, we need this lawnmower blade approved by Congress or something uh, so we can make a bazillion dollars. And, um, and you just said, yeah, you know, I, I can understand the importance of that. And, you know, my, uh, I understand it because, you know, my kids would really benefit from this. Yeah. I understand what you just said. If this gets done, my kids get this, right? You yeah. know, I mean, I didn't say it, so I'll never get in trouble for it. Right. But I, it, it's kind of like in, have you ever experienced or watched old movies on the mob? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the mobster comes and he's talking to you, right? Oh, yeah. And the mobster says, and he, he starts using your mother's name. He says, so how's... For my mom was Joyce. So how's Joyce doing? She's got a nice dodge. I know what he just said. You listen to me or she's dead. Yeah. But he never said it. Right. There's ways that you talk to people where you say things that you never say. Mm -hmm. So that you can deny them later that you ever said it. Right. I think that's what Washington's become. Yeah. It's a place of deceit and lies. And, you know, people might be listening and saying you're, you're, trying, you're, you're trying to lead disrespect. You haven't listened to the whole program. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm trying to figure out how we as individuals, as citizens of the United States of America, can live in a system that seems so corrupt at this point. Mm -hmm. I am very pro-Constitution, mm -hmm. pro the freedoms that we have. But I think that the power and the money... And the system in Washington has gotten to the point where it's been corrupted and that those that live there and work there are now corrupted. Um, cr constructive criticism, I'll go that route. Here's yeah. what I would do. If I could rule the world, at least the United States, yep. if I, I could, I would, I would put term limits in right away. Oh, absolutely. You know, a congressman 
what is it, every two years? It, that's kind of crazy, too, by the way, every two years to run for office. You spend one year doing something and one year running. Right, yeah. So I would change Congress to four years mm-hmm. and make it a, a, a one-term deal where you could come in for four years and I would recruit business people, yeah. people from the neighborhood, moms, uh, school teachers, that all have different viewpoints of what's going on in, in the world. Right. So that we would have a really good voice of the people in that group. Mm-hmm. Now, the senators, I would say, okay, six years is your term. Let's go 12. Uh, two terms you could have if you get elected, you know. Mm-hmm. And in that process, you're kind of the senior group. You're, you're going to be the, like the CEOs, the, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, and so you're watching over more of the, the business affairs and the stuff, you know, because we're bringing in the school teachers and we're bringing in the artists and we're bringing in that in the Congress. And so you're going to be this other level. And we're, we're still going to limit it to 12 years, though. Yeah. And what we're going to do as well is we're going to look at what your profession actually makes. And we're going to give you that average while you're in working. So if you're a school teacher and you come and work in Washington, D.C., we're going to give you a, that salary. Mm-hmm for the time you're in Washington, D.C. We're not going to give you more. Yeah. You're going to have the same health care that your school teachers have. Mm-hmm. There's no way to get out of that. See, what we need is people that really feel and understand where we're at. Yeah. Not people who go to Washington, D.C. and all of a sudden they have a health care system none of us can get. Is there a, such a thing as an unwealthy politician? Um, I... I don't really know because I don't know all the, I, I would say no, but I don't really know. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean. It's just a curious question. I honestly don't hang out with politicians, so I. <laughs> touche, touche. Don't know. Don't know what they're doing. Yeah. But I'm thinking, I'm trying to think constructively. What can we do? I think term limits is obviously one thing. I think I would say from now on, all your platforms, all your things need to be um, online and, and no advertising on television. Mm-hmm. None. You want to say something, put it on your website. If people want to know it, they need to go see it. Yeah. If they don't want to know it, they're not inundated the rest of their life. In other words, you're not getting repeated over and over again with, with things so that we believe what you want us to believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would just make a few changes and say, let's, do, let's start there and see if we can clean up the system mm-hmm. a little bit and give a voice to the, uh, the normal people. They, the politicians keep saying they want to give a voice to normal people, but mm-hmm. there's no normal people in Congress or the Senate. Right. So how do you give a voice to people who aren't there mm-hmm. and, and who you've manipulated to get there? Yeah. I, I think we could do something different, but I want to encourage it as we get to the end of this segment again. I, I want to encourage parents, teach your children how to disagree respectfully. Just teach them how to do that by doing it yourself respectfully. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're going to criticize, do it with constructive criticism where you give an answer. Here's what we could do differently. Mm-hmm. And here's how we could get to it. Yeah. If not, keep your criticism to yourself and, and, and make sure that you're given an example of somebody who knows how to be unified even in a disagreeing world. Yeah. And I, and I think that's an important life lesson to learn I'll, just in general is how do you disagree with somebody but get along with them? And, that, and that's the key thing. 
unfortunately, once again, our conversation goes by fast and we're out of time. So if you missed part of it or if you want to listen to some of the other conversations that we had, I encourage you to head over to Relate365.com and you can download um, this podcast and for past episodes or even check out some of the other podcasts and all that sort of thing. Um, but for this time, this is Jason Dave on Younger and Older. We'll see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.